Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dismantling You podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Pineda. This is the episode you'll want to listen to for understanding how to live your most aligned life. I sit down with Hope Pedraza. She's the founder of Inbalance Studio and a holistic nutritionist. Hope breaks down what human design is. She also explains the five energy types of human design and gives tips on how to apply your energy type to your wellness lifestyle so you're not spending energy being someone you're not designed to be. In other news, if you haven't heard, my free webinar for the Trying to Conceive Together community is on for February. Head over to my website and sign up now if you'd like to connect with others who are going through the same journey. Let's support each other. Stay tuned now for my conversation with Hope. Welcome to my podcast, Hope. It's a pleasure to have you on with me today. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. My pleasure. So I have so many questions to ask you. You have such an extensive background in wellness and fitness. But before I dive into it, I'd love for our audience to just get to know you a little bit better. Take us a step back and tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so um, let's see. I guess it kind of started as um, kind of, I guess, as I started dance, I started dancing when I was about three years old and that I danced for 20 something years of my life. And I think that's what got me kind of into the fitness realm. Just, I loved dance and I loved movement. I mean, I just loved any form of movement. And, uh, as I, as I got older, I was, I coached dance teams and I taught dance and I choreographed dance and I just loved all the movement. And Sometime in my mid twenties, I was presented with the opportunity to open a studio because um, I actually I got into Pilates when I was in college. I did skip that piece. I got into Pilates when I was in college, um, as just I mean, it was kind of just a side, you know, some like a job, like it was an easy job. Oh, I get paid to work out, that kind of thing. And I did love Pilates. I started doing it when I guess I was probably in high school. Um, back in like, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands. And I would go to the gym with my mom and we would do step aerobics and, you know, all the things you do in the late nineties, early two thousands. And, um, I was, I was really drawn to Pilates just because it, it lent so well to my dance. And so fast forward, I started teaching Pilates and then I, um, I started, I had the opportunity to open a dance studio or not a dance studio, a Pilates studio. And, um, that really helped me kind of drive forward my love for movement. And I think that's really what pushed me towards nutrition and wellness as well. I, I'd really always been fascinated by nutrition and just by the human body in general, I had a lot of, um, digestive issues as a kid. And so it was, you know, I was in and out of doctors and had a gazillion colonoscopies and the whole shebang for all for them to be like, Oh, you have IBS, which is like doctors speak for like, I don't know, you got stomach problems and, you know, they don't give you any, um, you know, there was no protocol. There was no, there's nothing. So as I, as I got older and started educating myself, I just really love learning about nutrition and the human body. And I was able to really kind of heal myself by changing my diet. And so when I had my Pilates studio, um, I started out just doing like just basic nutrition coaching. I just had like a basic nutrition coaching certification. And as I was working with ladies, it's mostly ladies who come. We don't just serve women, but it's mostly women in my studio. But I realized that, you know, they were coming to me because they wanted to lose the weight or they wanted to fit into these pants or whatever. But like taking a deeper look, I realized like, okay, this is, this is a lot deeper than just, you know, I need to cut the calories and cut out the, you know, soda. Like it's, you know, these women had, you know, they had hormone, chronic hormonal issues and they had thyroid issues and they had inflammation. Like there's all these deeper things at play where I was thinking like, you know, it's great to give people nutritional advice, like that's fine and all, but there's, there's just so much deeper work to be done. And so that kind of started my journey into the functional nutrition realm. And I ended up getting um, my diploma as a holistic nutritionist and then finished my training as an FDMP and a bunch of other advanced trainings after that. But it just kind of started this, this, um, just, I guess, drive for more and more knowledge to be able to serve the ladies in my world at a deeper level. And so that's where I am now. What I really love about your background, Hope, is that it's evolved from 
so much more than just Pilates and being a fitness enthusiast, just like me. It's very similar to my background. It, you know, started with like, I had such a love for sports and then I got Mm -hmm. into yoga and then I had trouble conceiving, but then like you, Mm -hmm. you, you know, um, got into being a functional nutritionist and helping others. Mm -hmm. What I loved is how your career evolved in human design. And I'm just starting to learn a little bit about it. And I'm so fascinated for those who don't understand what is human design and what is your design? Yes, I love human design. Oh my gosh, I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> um, so I discovered human design a couple of years ago. I was working with um, kind of a spiritual business coach and it was a little piece. She didn't really go deep into it, but it was a little piece of her program that I did. And that little piece was enough to like totally mm-hmm. launch me into like, oh my gosh, I have to know more. And so for those who don't know about human design, it is basically this system that combines some like ancient um, schools of teaching with some more modern day schools of thought. So it's things like astrology and the chakra system and the mm-hmm. Kabbalah tree of life. And then it puts it together with things like biochemistry and neuroscience and quantum physics. And it puts it into this, um, it's called a body graph, your human design body graph that really gives you this map of who you are at an energetic level. Like it's the energetic blueprint of your soul. And it helps you to be able to understand who you are and how you interact with the world around you and how you interact with the energy around you and how you best make decisions and really just helps you return to how you were designed, like that, that, that authentic truth at like the depths of your soul. It was like, it sounds so easy, but I've said it before. So I'll say it again. I felt like, I felt like I was meeting myself for the first time, but then also meeting an old friend. Like it was like, I, you know, like I know these parts of me, but they're Mm -hmm. parts that you've either tried to like convince yourself, like, no, I don't need to be like that. Or I need to change this or it's part, you know, you try to shove these pieces down and you Mm -hmm. see your human design and you're like, oh my gosh, like, no, this is how it was designed. Like, this is me. This is me. And it's just, it's, it's so validating and just freeing to know, like, you feel like, okay, like I can be me. I think this was kind of the the pinnacle of like the the kind of my own personal development journey, my spiritual journey of understanding, like this is me. It's so fascinating to hear about this because it's like peeling back the layers. And what I mean by layers is like generational programming and things Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. like shoved down our throat from our family and our parents. And it's like getting to the nuts and bolts about who we are. So I know you touched a little bit upon it, but like, let's go deeper. How did it change your life? Yeah. 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 So I think the first piece, so for those, if you've never done, let me say this first, if you've never done your human design, if you've Mm -hmm. never like looked at your chart, my recommendation is always uh, myhumandesign.com. I feel like it's Jenna Zoe who has the website and I feel like she does a really good job of simplifying it. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to it, it gets very complex and complicated if you're, if you, if you let it be. So if you want just kind of like the basics and it's free, all you need is birthday, your time and place. Mm. Um, and it needs to be the exact time. Like don't guess. Cause that changes the whole thing. Um, so for me, I think like you said, I think you brought up a great point. I think a lot of it for me was kind of this deconditioning piece. And I think mm. that's a huge component of learning human design is de- whether it things, you know, been, that's been genetically encoded in you or whether it's societal yes. beliefs or whatever it is that's kind of conditioned you to believe a certain thing about yourself or believe you have to like behave a certain way, you have to follow a certain path. And where, you know, when you've kind of gone into that cycle of living by the shoulds, like, yes. you know, you should do this, you should do that. I think that's probably the biggest piece is just, um, kind of untangling those pieces. And, and like you say, it, it's, it's a great visual that visually set of peeling back the layers where you've just going to get to the core of who you are mm-hmm. as, as a, you know, as a soul, as a spirit and understand like how I'm designed. So I think the biggest piece for me was the deconditioning piece. And I am, um, I am a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. I'm a three, five is my prevalent rest, my three, five sacral authority manifesting generator. So for me, just using me as an example, I have always felt like I've always been multi-passionate. Like I've always liked to do a lot of different things. And so for a long time, I felt like I had to 
apologize for it. I even apologize, but like, I was just kept telling myself, like, no, just pick something, like, just pick something and stick with it. Like, just, you know, mm-hmm. stop being all over the place and you don't have to do all, you know, 25 things at once. And when I've learned my human design, literally manifesting generators are literally designed to do it all and do it all at the same time. Like we are designed to be the multitaskers and the multi-passionate people and multifaceted. And so for me, it was like, it, it almost like gave me permission. Like it gave myself permission, like, okay, I can do all these things and it's okay for me to start something and not finish it. And that's like, we're designed to do things that light us up in the moment and to move on to the next thing. If it doesn't like it's so it, for me, it was a lot of deconditioning and, and understanding like, Oh, this is why, I, you know, why I do the thing I do. This is why I think a certain, so it's, it's been really just learning more about myself, but I think also how I interact with, with my business sure. and, um, kind of, again, kind of losing the, the shame or the guilt around like, cause as a three, five, I'm, it, it's called the experimenter. Like I'm here to experiment. And basically it means I live by trial and error. So I try things that didn't work. I try something else. And I've always done that. And then I would feel so bad about it. Like, well, crap, it didn't work. And I, you know, get so down on myself mm-hmm. and no understanding, like, no, this is how I meant to move through life is try it, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. So again, giving myself permission, like, okay, what, you know, I'm not going to know until I try it, which I think is true for people who even who aren't, you know, a three, five in human design. But I think for me, it just gave me the validation I needed to be like, okay, like there's no, there's no shame around this. Like, this is how I'm designed to kind of move through things. And then I think the last piece is it's really changed how I interact with other people. And not that I know everybody's human design that I'm around, but even just learn like, like my husband and my kids. And if you have kids, if you have a partner or a spouse, like if you learn their human design, it will transform the way you relate to each other. I'm not even kidding. Like there's so, so much more understanding around again, why they act the way they do, why they respond the way they do, why they, so it, it just will change how you see people and how you interact with people. And it'll just, it'll change your relationships. Wow. It sounds so revolutionary. So what considerations would you give for each human design type and into an account when you're planning their health and wellness? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So if if you want, I can kind of run through each type and kind of just some basic things for each. Um, There's there's five main types. And so if you look at your human design body graph, you'll see like one of the big things it tells you is your type. I think that's probably the easiest place to start. And that's really where I start with my clients is your type. And you look at things like sleep and like managing your energy and digestion and that kind of thing for each type. So I'll remain give just a couple little things for each type. For um, so I'll start with manifestors. Mm-hmm. So manifestors are a pretty small percentage of the population, and manifestors are the visionaries. Like they have the vision, they have the vision, and then generators bring it to life. So with manifestors, they're they're kind of like like the pioneers, right? New ways of doing things, and they come up with solutions to things to kind of move humanity forward. Mm-hmm. And so they have this really unique energetic needs don't have consistent energy mm-hmm. and it's important for manifestors because I think, I think I mean, a couple, another type too, I think, but I think manifestors can be really prone to conditioning here because they feel the need to just keep pushing, 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 pushing. And for manifestors, when you reach that point of exhaustion, that's your, your sign of like, you, you push too far. Like you've, you've mm-hmm. wasted too much time and in, in something that you should, like, you should have stopped like five steps back. So manifestors have to understand their energetic needs and they kind of work in phases where they have kind of these action phases where they do a lot and they probably need more high calorie foods, more calorie dense foods. They have more energy to do like more, um, like higher intensity exercise. And then they have these resting phases, kind of like step back and eat more like maybe cooling and light and vibrant foods and, and maybe some lower intensity exercise, maybe more like walking or yoga or meditation and understanding just kind of how your energy needs fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for their sleep, I, I really think, and what's true for a few types, but manifestors are one of the types that I think really have to kind of, uh, like 
disconnect from the day, like discharge, disconnect, like really kind of tune back into themselves to kind of come back into their own energy before going to bed. So giving themselves a good, like 30, 45 minutes before they hit the pillow to, you know, whether it's reading or meditating or listening to music or whatever that is for you to kind of decompress from the day. Mm -hmm. The next type is generators. Generators, so whereas manifestors, they have like the vision, the generators bring it to life. They are the doers. Literally, they have like a generator inside of them that propels them forward and they have so much energy. And so generators and manifesting generators, I like to say it's like a puppy. Like, you know, you got to let the puppy out in the backyard and run around and get all this energy out so it doesn't tear up the house. It's like that, like generators need to get their energy out. Like whether that, and it could be physically, mentally, like all the ways get their energy out. Mm. Now, generators are here to to really do what what brings them pleasure and join excitement in the moment. And their, um, what, what really charges their battery is just like feeling satisfaction in the moment that like, that's what fuels them. So if, if generators get to this point, like they get to the exhaustion point, typically you're doing things that no longer light you up. So it's something, maybe you need to delegate something. Maybe you need to kind of shift directions, you know, kind of figure out what, what do you need to do to really turn back on that battery and refuel that, that, that sacral energy to get you up and going again. Um, generators, the opposite of manifestors for sleep generators are meant to go until exhaustion. Like they're meant to, at the end of the day, you're like, Oh, like I did it. I I did the thing. Like I'm, I'm done. That's what generators are meant to do. So a lot of times with my generators, my clients, if, if they're having trouble, like falling asleep or, you know, kind of getting winding down at night, that's a good, that's a big question to ask. Like, okay, did you physically get your energy out? Did you mentally, like, maybe it's a brain dump at the end of the day, like get everything out that's buzzing around in your head. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to get help generators, like really get the energy out. Um, and the next is manifesting generators, which is kind of a combination between the manifestors and the generators. They're more generator than they are manifestor. But so kind of what I was saying before, I'm a manifesting generator. What mm-hmm. is your type, by the way? Do you know your type? Uh, you know what? I don't, but listening to you, I think I'm a combination. Uh-huh. A combination. Yeah, yeah, you might be, you might be. So manifesting generators, again, they are the multi-passionate, multifaceted. They're the multitaskers. They're like the kings and queens of multitasking. They are here to do it all. And they're here to do it all at the same time. And they are really designed kind of like generators. They're here to do what what lights them up in the moment and that exhaustion feeling they get is, is the sign that, that they're not, they're, they're, they're holding on to something that no longer excites them. Mm-hmm. The other thing with manifesting generators kind of some deconditioning pieces there, similar to what I was saying before that we do things, we do things in phases. And whereas like society or people, or maybe your family (laughs) might label you as like flaky or like indecisive or whatever, it's, it's, that's how we are. That's how we're wired. And so you, um, so then this can be true with anything like food with exercise. So with exercise, for example, maybe you, you know, you go through a running phase, you're really amped up about running. And this is me. I went through, but I ran marathons <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I got over that. Let me do the next thing. So then you go on to something else. So maybe you go to um, cycling or CrossFit mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of do things in phases when it no longer excites you and it's no longer bringing you joy. Mm-hmm. You move on to the next thing. And there's nothing wrong with that because the, and this is true for all the types start to meet and this is kind of how i i look at wellness through the lens of human design when you meet that resistance when you start to feel like the exhaustion and the burnout and the like oh that that heaviness that's the sign that you're going against your design and that's when you start to see physically things show up in your body right you start to your immune system starts to you know act crazy and you start to have inflammation and all kinds of other things start going wrong in your body because you're going against your design. You're spending this excessive amount of energy doing things that aren't, you aren't designed to continue doing. So it's true for all the types, but especially for manifesting generators, like be okay moving with things in phases. And if you're a business owner and you're doing things that don't light you up, that's a good sign. You need to delegate things like hire somebody to do the things that, that you really hate doing. Cause you're going to waste more energy doing those things and probably not doing them very well because you don't love doing them. Um, for sleep, same as generators, manifesting generators have to get all the energy out, get all the energy out, wear themselves out before they get a good night's sleep. And, um, 
the other thing I want to say about manifestation generators, they don't do well with restriction. Mm. And this is a challenge I have with my clients who are manifesting generators. And, and I can speak from experience as I am one, so I can kind of relate to the, them a little bit different, but like really restrictive diets and like calorie counting and like they, they do not do well. We don't do well being put in a box. Yes. So keeping that in mind and allowing yourself the freedom to think outside of the box without restricting yourself too much is really going to help your energy just feel like easy and flowy and, and move through things a little quicker. So the next type is projectors. Projectors are about 22% of the population. So whereas the man, the manifestors have the vision, mm-hmm. the generators and manifesting generators are like doing all the things to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. The projectors, I have a, one of my human design mentors. I love how she says it. Cause she says they're like, projectors are like birds on a wire. So they're just mm-hmm. kind of looking and like assessing. They're like the overseers, like the, like the managers, right? So they're, they're the problem solvers. So they can mm-hmm. look at things and kind of see like, well, we could probably do this better and change how we do this thing. And we could probably change this and do that better. So they, they're able to analyze things and have a different perspective on how to solve problems and help people like really maximize their potential. They, um, they just see things in a totally different light. And they have very specific energy. So projectors, there's a lot of conditioning with projectors because they have very inconsistent energy. They're really only designed to work for little spurts at a time, like three or four hours at a time before needing to take a break. They really require more sleep than any other type, just in general, like even at night. And so like I had a, I have, I've had a, a projector client one time and she was like, feeling like getting so down on herself. Cause she's like, I just, I just really need to take a nap in the middle of the day. And she was like trying to apologize for it. I'm like, girl, take a nap. <laughs> like It's okay. <laughs> like you were designed to go and go and push yourself. Like that's when you start to meet the burnout. Exactly. So projectors, a lot of times have to really give themselves permission to honor their energy, knowing that it's not supposed to be consistent, especially if you're in a relationship with someone who's like a generator, a manifesting generator, and you feel the need to like, Oh, I got to keep going, you know, keep pushing. Uh-huh. Like, no, that's, that's not, that's not how you're designed. One thing I think is unique about projectors. And this is what I've, I've found in my experience working with projectors. I feel like projectors do, whereas many gens, manifesting, manifesting generators, they don't do well with the restriction. And, and again, and I'm not like, I'm not a proponent of restrictive diets at all, but I will say projectors, they do well, like eating in a certain way, mm-hmm. like, you know, they eat paleo or they eat meditate, like they have a certain way of eating and they're, they're okay. Like eating the same thing all the time. I think, I, I guess, because it requires less energy for them because they have this inconsistent energy, but I, I find that they do better eating a certain way and they're okay. Kind of sticking to like this one way of eating. Um, Similar to manifestors, projectors need to really like disconnect from the day. They take on other people's energy all day long. Their aura is very open. So they're taking on other people's energy. So taking time to disconnect from that is going to be really supportive for their sleep. And then the last type is reflectors. Now reflectors are like the unicorns. They're very rare. There's only about 1% of the population. And so if you look at your body graph, um, it's a, it's a chart with different shapes and the shapes really kind of correspond to the chakras, right? It's the chakra system involved and they're either colored in, like filled in with the color or they're white mm-hmm. and without like diving too deep into it, just the basic overview, basically the filled in the colored in shapes mean that you have really consistent energy in these, in these systems, these energy systems and in, in your chakras basically. And when they're not filled in, there's a, a lot more room for conditioning. So a lot of times we kind of have to sort through like what's mine and what's somebody else's, mm-hmm. right? So with reflectors, every single energy center on their body graph is open, which means they are very susceptible to other people. They're constantly taking in everyone else's energy all day long. That's all they do is take in other people's energy, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what makes them so amazing because they're super sensitive and they have this way of reflecting back the energy of the world around them in just like a really unique way. And because they're so sensitive to energy and other people's energy, their environment, their community, their alone time, like all of these are really like sacred to reflectors. So knowing that you have to be careful with who you surround yourself with and you have to be careful, like where you, who you're putting your energy into and protecting your energy. And, and, and I think 
while intuition is important to everyone, as, as you know, yes. intuition really plays a huge part into reflectors and being able to kind of discern their energy and where their energy is going and honoring that in terms of like food and exercise and movement and knowing like, okay, I had planned to go do this like hardcore high intensity workout class after work today, but I am drained. And instead of pushing the boundaries and be like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Like let's, let's change it here. Like maybe I'll just go for a walk in the park or something. Right. So being able to honor their energy and knowing like when they're feeling low on the energy scale, like honoring that with the right food and the right movement and doing what's really supportive for their energy journaling and breath work. Well, of course it's supportive for everyone. Mm -hmm. I find it really extra, extra, extra supportive for reflectors because they're able to tune back into themselves. And that, that's really what it comes down to is tuning back into themselves, into their own energy and kind of discerning like, okay, this is mine. I can let go of this because this is somebody else's. What are the different centers that can directly correlate to our internal organs and how does that manifest mm -hmm. in our physical body? Yeah, that's such a good question. So again, you could go so deep into this without like spending the next four hours explaining all of it. There's, I talk about this with my clients and I kind of cherry pick a few centers that I find, I don't want to say more important because I think they're all important, but I find that, um, I guess kind of show up more often and because, because like, as you know, and you're familiar with the chakra system, the chakras are all associated with certain like organs and glands in the body. Right. And it's the same with the human design energy centers. It's the same thing. Now there's a few, like, well, there's seven main chakras. There's nine energy centers in the human design because a couple of them kind of split off at some point, but it's still, it's the same, um, you know, same concept for me. I find that the throat center is a big one yes. and the throat center is a big one for a lot of people. And I mean, you might see this and, you know, in your practice and, you know, you're, you're a yogi. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the throat center is your, it's your projected voice, right? And it's, it's your manifestation center. And this is, it's, that's how you express yourself and express who you are. And I find that so many times, this is a center that gets out of alignment really quickly. We, you know, hold back our authentic self and we hold back, you know, for fear of being heard, for fear of not being heard, for fear of being too much or whatever it is. And this one shows up a lot. And this one is associated with if, with our thyroid and our metabolism. And um, it can show up as like respiratory issues and sore throats and coughing and all these kinds of physical things can show up. Um, and, and vices show up in the center. Vices like um, like outbursts and smoking actually is, a, is an indication like your throat center is out of alignment. Yes. There's so many things that can show up here, but I, I find that this one, this one is a big one. Um, and, and I find there's this, um, um, uh, influx, I don't know another, a better word for that of, of thyroidism, right. Just showing up like the hypo, especially hypothyroidism is, you know, it's much more common, but there's so many more people having thyroid issues. And I, I can't help but think that there's some correlation between people, you know, this center, right. This, this chakra and this energy center of, um, you know, are we, afraid to show our authentic selves? Are we afraid of being heard or not being heard? Are we afraid of, and you know, for an, as an example, I have a client right now and we've been working through this with her. And, um, I had sent her a message one day cause I was reading something and I was like, Oh, this really reminds me of, you know, something we were talking about. And so I, I mentioned it to her and I'm like, gave her some things like, here's how you can kind of work on your throat chakra. And she sent me a message back and she was like, and she hadn't shared this with me before, but basically long story short, she's been, she's been in therapy dealing with this narcissistic relationship of a close family member. Mm -hmm. And she was like, for years, I wasn't able to express myself. I wasn't able to say how I really felt and all mm -hmm. these things. I mean, all the dots were connecting. So just, that's just one instance of, you know, feeling the, the effects of what it's, you know, an, an out of balance throat center looks like. Um, Let's see. There's a couple other ones. I would say, man, the, the ego center, this is a big one. The ego center on your chart. Yes. Um, sometimes it's called the will center. This one is big because this is our center for willpower. And, you know, if anybody listening, if you've ever done, you know, tried a diet or an exercise plan or whatever, and you're like, Oh, I just don't have the willpower. Like that's, that's a legit thing. <laughs> People who have this center undefined, meaning it's white, it's not colored in. You do have an inconsistent 
you have inconsistent willpower, not saying it's not there not saying you can't have it, but Mm -hmm. it's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It's not a consistent energy. And you really have to, you kind of have to come at it from a different angle because it's not a consistent thing that shows up for you. And so forcing yourself to do something that you really aren't compelled to do, it just doesn't work for you. You have trouble like sticking to things and valuing things and even like sticking, like honoring your own promises to yourself. And this can show up as, um, you know, kind of an inconsistent sense of of self-worth and, um, you know, trying to to prove yourself and prove your self-worth and kind of searching for worthiness that that's kind of how it shows up. But I find that when this center is open and it's, is a struggle for people, you kind of have to like find something like, where's another place I can, I can look at in my chart and I can use that as like the driving force for me to stick with things. Right. So maybe it's, it's the heart center. Maybe I look at it more of like a sense of self-care for my heart center. And I I know that it's, you know, it's good for my self-care. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's like your head or your Ajna, like something like it's from a higher self, but like being able to kind of look at it from a different perspective, since you don't have that consistent willpower to, to use that, to kind of stick with things, you kind of have to look at things from a different angle. And that's a, that's a big thing I work. I have to work through with my clients who have this center undefined because it is a challenge. And like, for me, I work with women who have really chronic things going on. And so if we're not sticking to the protocol, it, you know, it sends us back five steps. And so it's, it's not so much like, Oh, you know, darn it. I, you know, overdid my calories for the day. It's like, okay, this is really setting us back with your symptoms. And so being able to kind of look at it from a different light and how can we put this in a way that we're, we're our, um, our driving force is like coming from the right place, you know? Exactly. Um, so the last center I was going to mention, um, I think comes up a lot is the solar plexus is, mm, is the emotional yes, center. Mm-hmm. That's a big, mm-hmm. big it is. Yes. Yes, totally. And I think, and I, I, it's no coincidence that mm-hmm. the way our bodies were divinely designed, that yes. our emotional center is associated with so many of our detox organs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the kidneys, it's the bladder, it's the pancreas, like there's all these detox organs. And it's, it's not a surprise that when we, you know, are, are holding on to emotions and we're holding on to, you know, whether it's trauma, big T, little T trauma, whatever it is, holding on to these emotions. We're not giving our permission to let go of these emotions. We're also holding on to toxins. Like we're not giving ourselves permission to, to let go of toxins as well. Like mm-hmm. emotions are stored as chemicals in the body and they get stored, held on as these toxins in the body. And so the emotional center is huge and understanding like how to navigate that center and how to navigate your emotions um, especially like for me, that's one of the few centers that I have open undefined. It's not colored in most of my other ones are, are defined. And so if you have this one undefined, you can be, you know, labeled as emotional or mm-hmm. you, or kind of the opposite. You might find yourself like really trying to like really control your emotions, like just kind of shove them down and push them in and, you know, you avoid confrontation and you kind of shut off and repress your feelings. And, um, you don't have any boundaries because you don't want to like rock the bow. That was me. That was, you know, kind of going into those like people pleasing tendencies. Cause like, I don't want to like stir up anything and start mm. confrontation. And, you know, and then I just shove my feelings down and I'm just going to keep them in. <laughs> and this is, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. And it manifests itself in different ways, but, but essentially, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you're not allowing yourself to let go of these emotions. So you're not allowing yourself to let go of these toxins and help your body get rid of things. And so you really kind of push yourself into kind of this emotional turmoil, like emotional overwhelm and just kind of fries your circuits. And you, you know, just knowing that you like giving yourself that permission to feel all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, feel all the things and work through those, allowing yourself to move through the emotions and allowing it really clears up like blockages here and kind of helps things flow um, with a little more ease. We're able to understand that piece of ourselves with the emotional part. When clients are out of alignment, and I know that you had mentioned um, maybe one or two instances, but Mm -hmm. just go a little bit deeper and tell us what kind of strategies that you recommend for them to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, for me, it's kind of a combination between like 
because I'm, I'm Reiki trained as well. This is a new thing for me. I did, mm-hmm. I completed a Reiki training recently. And so I, I work a lot with the chakras yes. as well, which, yes. you know, the, the human design also incorporates the chakras. It's all, it's all connected, but a lot of it is, you know, some strategies to help unblock chakras. So it's some of its basic, just mindfulness practices, right? It's like meditation or it's journaling or it's, especially for the emotional piece, like the emotional center here, which is a big one for, I mean, I would say almost every client I've ever worked with, like we've got to do, we've got to do some work with the center. Um, journaling and getting those things out, like literally just dumping them out somewhere on paper or in, and some of my clients are in therapy. So they do talk therapy and that's a good way to kind of get it out as well. Yeah. But, um, but that's a good, just mindfulness work in general is really supportive. And then two, there's, you know, there's foods that we can add in depending on what it is, whether it's, um, you know, we want to support our detox centers. If we're talking about, you know, the kidney and the bladder, um, I didn't talk about the root center, but the root center is associated with your, um, with your adrenals. And so, um, an, an unaligned out of alignment root center is going to show up as like, basically like, like adrenal dysfunction, right. Or burnout or adrenal fatigue. And so being able to support the organs that are associated with these centers and understanding, I think it's, I think the most important piece is understanding the connection between the two. Like there's, you know, we have our spiritual body and we have our physical body, but they're connected. Like there's that connection there. And so understanding where the connections are, so we can come at it from both angles. And so we can do all this mindfulness work to really get to that spiritual piece, but we have to put the physical parts together with it too. And understanding that, you know, we also have to, um, uh, support the, the organs and the glands that are associated with these. And, um, I think awareness is a big one, um, like building your sense of self-awareness to understand it in that way too. Like we're building that sense of self-awareness to, for you to be able to understand where those like misalignments are in the body, those imbalances are in the body and where those are coming from and why they're there and you know, how they got there and that kind of thing. So the self-awareness piece is huge and which kind of goes along with intuition, which I mentioned before that intuitive piece is huge and being able to kind of tune into that inner voice to um, kind of guide you. And because the truth is that that we have everything we need to heal ourselves. Like we don't have to go look to outside sort, you know what I mean? Like we have, our body is equipped with everything it needs to heal ourselves, but sometimes it just needs a little help. Like something, sometimes we just have to move things out of the way. Mm -hmm. And so it's when you have that, when you're able to tune into that intuition and that self-awareness, you're able to listen a little bit more closely to what the signals, the signs that your body's giving you that things are out of alignment. So I think the big thing there too, and, and that's, there's a, the splenic center and the human design chart is your center for intuition. And that's another piece I like to hone in on with my clients is um, like tuning into that intuitive piece and helping them understand what that means. And again, it, it just, I think it goes back to kind of uncovering what mindfulness practices and kind of self-care practices resonate with you to kind of tune into that piece within yourself. Love hearing all about this. I could talk to you for hours on end because it draws so many similarities with the yoga practice. I want to touch upon yes. Pilates. I love Pilates mm-hmm. and I Me actually, yes, I know you have your own studio mm-hmm. I for you as an uh-huh. expert. Tell us why it is important and how it, it, it provides for functional training. Yes, I love Pilates. And so I think the big thing with Pilates, it, it is, it's functional movement. I know we, I don't know, that word gets thrown around a lot, but it's, it's providing you the strength and stability and flexibility that you need for like functional movements throughout the day. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of core work. So I think, you know, a lot of people think that yoga and Pilates are the same thing and they're not. Exactly. And they think think you have to be a ballerina type, um, built that's not true at all. Right. Totally. Yes. It's so true. Yes. (laughs) It's exactly, it's exactly it. There's a lot of misconceptions. I think also, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that it's for like rich white women and it's not like everybody can do Pilates. There's a lot of misperceptions out there and really at the core of it, no pun intended (laughs) at the core of it is really the core. Like it's all about the core. And so it's working the body from what Joe Pilates called the powerhouse and it's working your extremities starting from the core. So it's 
you know, finding that connection between the transverse abdominis, those deep, deep, deep ab muscles with your multifidus, which are the muscles around your spine. It's like working from your core and then working your extremities from there. And so, um, I think also knowing that your core isn't just your abs, like your core is from your shoulders down to your hips. Like that's your core. It's the, your whole mid section, your whole trunk. And, and that's what makes it so functional because we're working from the core and, and that's, um, that's really, I mean, yes, of course, you know, Pilates can give you, you know, the, the lean long body, whatever it can change your body and it, and it totally can transform bodies. But I think more importantly, and I think as, as, as I've gotten older, I've, you know, kind of change, you kind of change your, um, I guess, change your perspective on like why you're doing it. Right. And I think, you know, as you get older, it's, it's all about the balance, right. It's all about balance and proprioception. And it's about like protecting yourself from falling because that's how old people die. Honestly, like they fall, they get hurt. And then that's, you know, they can't recover. mm -hmm. And so it's, it's Mm -hmm. being able to work the core, build the core. And it's about balance and stability. And I think what's also great about Pilates is it's so versatile in terms of, of like your body and in terms of levels, like, so at my studio, for example, and there's other studios that do this differently. We don't level at our classes. So all of our classes are multi-level, which I love because you have people who are like total experts who've been doing it for years. Then you have people who have like literally started yesterday, but you can all do the same workout. Like there's modifications and variations for everybody. And so it's so versatile and it's so, um, functional for everybody. You can really do it at, you know, wherever you are, whatever level you're coming in at, or we have people who come and use it for more like rehabilitation. They've, they've had surgeries or injuries or coming in from physical therapy or whatever. And then we have people who are like, I want a hardcore. I want you to kick my butt. Like that's what they want. And so if there's so many ways of doing it, which I love, but it's, but really at, at, at the bottom line is it's all about the core and working from the core and building balance, flexibility, and stability. Absolutely. Love hearing that. So Hope, I'd love to ask all my guests a set of questions. And mm-hmm. my first one is, what does self-care mean to you? Mm, I love that question. I would have, I feel like there's been lots of points in my life where I would have answered that question very differently. <laughs> um, I also think that like that word gets thrown around so much and people think it's like a frou-frou thing, like self-care is like, but it's yeah. for me, it's literally just taking care of myself, whether that's I go shut myself in my closet and sit in silence for a few minutes, mm-hmm. or it's, I'm going to go for a walk and take care of my, my, my soul for a, a you know, a little bit, whether it's, you know, I'm going to go get a massage. What, like for me, it's literally, what can I do to take care of myself? And I've been on kind of this, like, I mentioned it at the beginning, kind of this personal development, like spiritual mm-hmm. journey of my own the past few years. And I've, I've really honed in on that piece because for so long, I did not take care of myself. Like there was zero self-care going on. It was just, I'm going to work myself to the bone. I'm going to burn myself out. And it's exactly what I did. So I think for me, it's asking myself every day, like, what can I do to take care of myself? That's, that's, it's as simple as that. Beautiful. And because you, you know, you are serving lots of people on a regular basis. You have to fill your cup up first before you can serve. What is your vision of well-being? Sure. Vision of well-being. Um, My vision of well-being is being able to put the holistic equation together. And for me, that means the mind, the body, the spirit. And, you know, people talk about holistic and I I think people think holistic just means like a natural, like it's just a natural way of doing things, but really holistic from the whole is meaning the whole, right? It's the mind, the body, the spirit. And I don't see any other way to really heal from anything that without treating it holistically, you can't treat the physical part of the body without treating the mental and the emotional piece. You can't treat the mental emotional piece without treating the the spiritual. Like there's, there's all of these pieces have to be involved. And so for me, my vision, and that it's kind of like the vision for, you know, for my, for my business, it's being able to offer that to women. That's mostly who I work with, offer that to women 
to change their perspective of that. Cause I think, you know, they come to me most of the time they're coming to me for the physical pieces. Of course we, right. we want the physical symptoms to go right. away. Nobody <laughs> wants to feel like crap all the time. Like <laughs> let's be honest. And, and we want to look cute in our jeans. Like we want to feel cute in our jeans. Right. So there, I understand there's physical pieces of it, but it's so much deeper than that. And you really, and truly, and I, and I can say this from my own journey as well. Like you really, I, I think it's impossible to see the hundred percent, the fruits of your labor on the physical pieces without honing in on the mental, emotional and spiritual pieces as well, because it's all part of, it's all part of the body. Absolutely. So, you know, my podcast is based on dismantling beliefs and thought patterns. What ideas or concepts have dismantled your belief system? And what was this awakening like for you? Mm, it's so funny you asked that because I, I had made a post last week, literally about this exact topic, not even kidding. It was literally about this exact topic. <laughs> and I had the realization earlier, but I just like, I just, kind of threw it all out up in this post that I made last week for me. And this is, I'll give you the shortened version, but I think for me, I had this realization that I, so many of the things that I dealt with in my health and in my body went all the way back to kind of this disconnection from myself. So I, I grew up, I grew up in church and really religious communities. And, you know, I think this is what my post was kind of saying. I mean, we get caught up and this isn't like bashing religion or anything like that, but I think sure. we get caught up in some of these communities where our identity becomes tied to our religion and we kind of lose our sense of self. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with religion. There's nothing wrong with being religious, but you're also a human being separate from that piece. Exactly. And that was a realization I had that I talked about last week in this post that I made. I, I I was so tied up in that and, you know, following the rules and being the good Christian girl and, and doing all the things right. And I, I literally lost, I lost myself mm -hmm. and I went through, I had disordered eating patterns and I went through a really dark period of time where I just, I hated myself and I, I hated how I looked. I hated how I just wanted a different body. Like there were so many things and it was this mental turmoil not to say I had this like terrible upbringing or anything, but it was, it was a mental battle. And I think it all goes back to this, just being disconnected from myself mm -hmm. and not even knowing myself, like knowing that I'm, I'm a soul and not knowing myself at like this soul level. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the big piece for me is, and, and that's why I, I love tying in this, you know, all the energetic pieces with the, you know, with the human design and the yes. chakras and all these energetic and spiritual pieces, because for me, that was the game changer. Like understanding, like I am, yes, I'm a body, I'm a physical body, I'm a human, but I am a soul. And I never took the time to understand myself at like this deep soul level. Like I never knew myself. And for me going, you know, having my own journey through this and learning, like learning who I am basically, that has been like the game changer in all of it. Like how I feel in my body, how, how my body responds. Like I was sick and injured all the time mm. in that phase of my life all the time. And so just seeing how, like my, how I feel about my body, how my body looks, my health, how I take care of myself, how I show up in relationships, like it affects every part of your being when you are able to understand who you are at the depths of your soul and be able to like really bring that to light. So amazing when you're in alignment with yourself and, and what power you have in your hands, mm. once you've mm -hmm. reached that level, what does prayer mean to you? Mm, that's a good one. I, again, the other question, I would have answered this question very differently mm -hmm. years ago. <laughs> I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Wayne Dyer. I love Wayne oh, Dyer and him. me too. Me too. And I, listened to all his books. I've read all his books, but he, years ago, I heard him say, talk about like the difference between prayer and meditation. It that that's always stuck with me because it resonates so much, but basically saying meditation or prayer is you talking to God. Meditation is you letting God talk to you. And so mm -hmm. I, that's how I view it as, is because I think both of them are important. I think that at, you know, we have to talk to God. We also have to listen. So mm -hmm. I think, um, that's what prayer is for me. And I think prayer and meditation are both supportive ways to really connect to that, to, yeah, to that side of yourself. Beautiful. If there was one thing you wanted people to take away from our conversation today, and I know we've discussed so much, what, what would it be? 
I think the big piece is going back to what I was saying about that intuitive piece. I think that's a piece we've kind of, especially as women too, I feel like we've kind of, some of us, some, some of us for a while, and I'm guilty of this too, but I think we kind of turn that part off sometimes. And we, are we, where we, I think we're kind of conditioned to, to doubt it when our inner voice, our intuition, like that's the only truth we have. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of conditioning around that. And and for us to like doubt that voice and to doubt our, our inner guidance, but I, I really think that's the most important piece. And I think that's really the big missing piece in terms of our wellness is just listening to your body and listening to that inner voice. And, and I, I say this from kind of my viewpoint with the ladies I work with, because they've, they've been to a lot of doctors and they've been, they've been, you know, the medical gaslighting thing is a real thing. Like, you know, they've been brushed aside and brushed off and you're fine and your labs are, you know, but they're like, no, my body is literally breaking down. I'm not fine. So I see it from that perspective. And that just like reinforces that need to really tune into the, to your intuition and knowing that like that little voice, that little, that inner voice that you have. I mean, that really is the only like, I mean, that's your guidance system. I mean, it was, there was divinely, it's divinely implanted in you for a reason. And I think that's the biggest piece of the wellness puzzle is just kind of learning how to hone into that. So powerful, so beautiful. Where can listeners get in touch with you on social media? And perhaps if they uh, live close by, can see you in person? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm probably most active on Instagram. I'm at the T-H-E, the Hope Pedraza. Um, I have a free Facebook group. It's Live Wholesome and Healthy, and it's just all things functional nutrition and some human design. Um, and then, yeah, so my studio is Inbalance, studios.com. We have a couple locations here in Texas. Um, we're working on, I'm working on franchising this year to grow, kind of grow beyond San Antonio, wow. Texas. And um, we have a virtual membership. So yeah, you can come check us out, check us out online or um, in person if you live in San Antonio. <laughs> Excellent. And I'll be sure to include all of this information in the show notes. Hope this Perfect. has been solid gold. You've given so many powerful nuggets of wisdom. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. You know, it's these mindset shifts that truly make a difference. If you like this podcast, share it with someone and be sure to leave a review. Till next time, here's to dismantling you.